Oh, you think for yourself? We like that around here. This is American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson. Obviously, in recent months, the war in Ukraine, Russia's war against Ukraine, has been pushed off the headlines because it's now been replaced with what's happening in Israel. But there's also renewed attention on funding for Ukraine, and that's a discussion for another day. But let's clear the air about what's actually happening between the United States and Ukraine. You may agree, you may disagree with the funding, but let's at least and look at the facts as they are, not as the politicians are arguing. I'm Mike Ferguson, and I know that no matter what's said in the next nine minutes or so, somebody's going to disagree, somebody's going to agree, but that's why we have these conversations. Luke Coffey is with the Hudson Institute, and he joins me right now. And Luca, your article says the 14 facts about U.S. aid to Ukraine. And I read it and I thought this is something that we need to sort of reset the discussion with, because when we talk about what's happening in Ukraine, we're really talking about a wider regional and possible powder keg that could affect U.S. policy and even U.S. military resources at some point sooner rather than later. And a lot of people, I think, Luke, forget that. That's absolutely right. Well, thanks for having me on. Uh, I spend uh, several days uh, a week on Capitol Hill uh, speaking to members and staffers about the importance of U.S. assistance to Ukraine. And, I, you know, I am, I'm from Missouri, so I, I speak to family and friends back home regularly. And I keep hearing the same messages and talking points by both the policymakers, but also your average American, uh, where they start off by saying, I want to support Ukraine. And then they say, but, and then that but is usually uh, one of these myths about U.S. aid to Ukraine or that we can't afford it or we're writing blank checks or there's no accountability. And I, so I wrote this, this uh, very uh, pithy, uh, straight to the point fact sheet to debunk some of these myths, because it's important that we have the facts available when we debate important issues like military assistance to, uh, to Ukraine. Okay, so Hudson.org is where you're going to find the complete thing. But let's start where you just mentioned, Luke, and that is the accusation that basically, uh, you know, billions of dollars are being sent to a corrupt nation. It's unaccountable. We don't know where it's going from. Obviously, the implication is, is that it's political payoffs having to do with, you know, Donald Trump and Joe Biden and all that. But are we sending money that is untraceable and inauditable to Ukraine? Do we know where this money is going and what it's being used for? We do. And one of the main reasons why we do is because the vast majority of it never leaves the United States. So about $70 billion uh, out of the $113 billion that has been authorized and appropriated for Ukraine aid over the past 22 months uh, doesn't leave the United States. It either supports our military by paying the additional cost of having to station troops in Europe to make sure that Russia doesn't try something against a NATO partner, or it goes to the U.S. defense industry to replace the stockpiles of older weapons that we're giving to Ukraine so we can get newer weapons back on our shelves, and this will better prepare us for the future. In terms of the uh, accountability measures in place, uh, as soon as the, the, the invasion started and we started providing money to Ukraine, there was something called the Ukraine Oversight Interagency Working Group that was created. And this consists of more than 160 different officials across 20 different federal oversight agencies 
that are tracking where this aid and assistance is going. They have a budget of over $50 million in order to do this. But perhaps most importantly, um, they have said that uh, they've found no substantiated cases of fraud, waste, or abuse with our assistance to Ukraine. Anyone that wants to see how our aid is being used in Ukraine simply has to scroll on Twitter or other so any other social media outlet to see the hours of videos of destroyed Russian tanks and, and armored vehicles. So no, there, there's, there are no blank checks given to Ukraine, and there is plenty of accountability for our assistance to that country. And we're still talking about some really big numbers. You know, you mentioned over $100 billion, and there's a lot of people are saying, wait a minute, uh, why isn't Europe doing more? I mean, they're the ones in the who are the next-door neighbors. Why are we funding so much of this? There's a lot of geopolitics to that, but address that, that concern as well, saying, hey, we've got high inflation. We've got needs here in the U.S. That seems like a lot of money. We're talking about $100 billion or more going to another country's defense. Yeah, of course, uh, Americans are suffering from uh, price uh, increasing price of groceries, high inflation, um, high interest rates, keeping people off the housing ladder, unable to secure a decent mortgage. These are everyday challenges that face everyday Americans. But so far, our assistance to Ukraine over the past 22 months amounts to less than one third of one percent of America's GDP during the same period of time. So we can afford this if we want to. Uh, we could double it if we wanted to, and your average American would still not feel impacted by this. And what are we getting back for this very modest investment? We're seeing the dismantling of the Russian uh, armed forces before our eyes without a single American pulling a trigger or getting shot at. Let's not forget, we're not the ones fighting in this war. The Ukrainians are fighting. They're fighting a war of self-defense. And they just want the tools to get the job done and to, to resist the Russian invasion. They don't want American troops there, and they're not asking for American troops. But for this small investment, we are not only seeing the dismantling of the armed forces of one of our top geopolitical adversaries, but we're also learning what works well and what doesn't work well with our equipment, because it's being tested in a real-world combat environment in a way that wouldn't be possible during a peacetime environment. And uh, crucially, we're deterring Chinese aggression against Taiwan. Let's not forget what the world looked like in February of 2022, when Russia invaded Ukraine. Six months before, the world watched Afghans falling off the wheel wells of C-17s as we were flying out of Kabul with our disastrous withdrawal. That sent a message to the world that our adversaries could test us, and our friends were questioning our resolve. Had we not done anything early on to help the Ukrainians, I suspect our conversation today, this radio interview today, would be about Taiwan and not about Ukraine. So this is actually a very good investment to the U.S. taxpayer, and it comes at a very affordable cost, even though on the face of it, the numbers seem big. When you look at the bigger picture, it's very affordable. We are visiting with Luke Coffey from the Hudson Institute, and we'll give that uh, website out here in just a moment here. we got a minute or so left, and what you just said kind of addresses another um, questioning that we hear a lot of this, and that is this, uh, this doesn't matter to the United States. What happens between Ukraine and Russia is their business. Are we at risk of basically having Ukraine fight a proxy war on our behalf? Well, the definition of a proxy war is, is a war that is fought – 
at the behest or on behalf of the encouragement of, of another country. And we're not encouraging the Ukrainians to fight. They're not fighting on our behalf. They're fighting a war of national survival. Uh, if, if Ukraine stops fighting tomorrow, their country ends. If Russia stops fighting tomorrow, then the war ends. But what happens in Ukraine impacts the United States. We should not forget that North America and Europe together account for about 48% of the global economy. And Europe is our number one export market. 45 out of 50 states export more to Europe than they do to China. And when an American is exporting a product or a service to Europe, that means an American job. And right now, Vladimir Putin is trying to undermine that stability in Europe that has led to that economic prosperity there that not only benefits the U.S. economy, but the American worker. And this is why, for a very modest investment, we can keep Russia back, help the Ukrainians and their their uh, desire for self-defense, and do all of this in an affordable way that's in line with America's national interests. All right. Uh, Hudson.org is where you can find the 14 facts about USA to Ukraine. And Luke, we know people aren't all going to agree completely. Some are going to agree. Some are going <laughs> to disagree. But if they want to contact you or follow what you're doing, what's the best way to do it? Well, you can contact me through the Hudson.org website, or you can uh, reach me on Twitter um, at Luke D. Coffee, and that's C-O-F-F-E-Y, and you can message me there. Hey, Luke, appreciate the uh, conversation. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much. Okay, I get it. Not everybody's going to agree with that, but let me know what you think at AVP Radio Show. Just ahead, protecting us from Big Sandwich. Yeah, we'll talk about that here on American Viewpoints. Thank you.